Let us pray. Lord, at this time we pray that a holy and solemn hush would fall upon our hearts. That all the distractions that bubble up, all the, the voices from inside us, all the noise in our head, that it will just be cleared away during this time so that we can hear what it is that your Spirit has to say to us. And as we prepare to read the Word, even though it was written so long ago, Lord, we ask that you lift those words from the page and place them in our hearts so that today your truth, your gospel, your hope for deliverance will be made real and alive to us. Bless the reading of your Word, bless the hearing of it, and bless this time that we have together in your presence. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from 1 Samuel, chapter 20. And we will read verses 12 through 23 and verses 35 through 42. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not then sin and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and more also if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him. And he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. On the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself when the matter was in hand, and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a boy, saying, Go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on this side of you, take them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David, and with him a little boy. And he said to his boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. And the boy ran. He shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master, but the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapon to his boy and said, Go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. 
And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn, both of us, in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I probably don't have to tell you that jealousy is a very ugly thing. And it can make us do some pretty ridiculous things. When we are jealous, our judgment is distorted, our personalities are changed, we lose any sense of uh, rationale that we might have, and, uh, and it just it doesn't fit us well. It's kind of like the man who said, my wife's jealousy is out of hand. It's so ridiculous that when she looks at my calendar, she wants to know who May is. (laughs) Jealousy does not look good on anybody, and it distorts our reasoning. We can't even, we lose all common sense when we become jealous. The same thing can be said for fear. When the shadow of fear is cast on our heart, we go into some very dark places. Again, our decision-making is distorted. We do things that we wouldn't normally do. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the the words of Franklin Roosevelt, who said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. It's a familiar refrain because we know that simply fear all by itself can cripple us. It can be a deadly thing. Saul had become both jealous and fearful of David. Remember, Saul was the king who God said, this is going to end with him. I'm selecting a new king. The crown will not be passed on to to his descendants. And then Samuel went and God spoke to Samuel and said, David, David is the man. David is the one who will be the next king of Israel. So Saul and his line was being replaced by David and his line. Saul was very jealous of this. Saul was very fearful. David had defeated the great giant And had gained a reputation as a war hero. A famous chant that was going around at the time was, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And it was things like this that made Saul very jealous, very fearful, distorted his judgment, and he set his heart against David. Now, for Saul, he must have felt like he had lost everything because not only had he lost his reputation as a war hero, as the leader of the armies, but he also was losing his throne. And now he had lost both his daughter and his son to David. David married Saul's daughter, Michal. And David's best friend was Jonathan, Saul's son, who was at one time supposed to be the next king of Israel. And here they were, friends with David. And so Saul thinks, I've lost my throne, I've lost my reputation, and now I'm losing my family to this guy. And so the jealousy grew, the fear grew, the darkness grew, and he set himself against David. What he didn't realize is that when he set his heart against David, what he was doing was he was setting himself against God. God had chosen David. God had a plan for David. God was going to use David for great things. And so when Saul's jealousy and fear 
put him against David, without realizing it, he was going against God. This needs to serve as a word of warning for all of us. And I've said before, whenever you read the scriptures and then you see a villain or somebody who's not particularly likable, we have to stop and turn that back on ourselves. Use that person. A lot of times God can really speak to us through that person. And so I want us to stop just for a moment and think about Saul. He was crippled by his jealousy and by his fear, and it made him set himself against God. He became an opponent of God's will. And the same can be true for us. If we allow those dark feelings within us, if we allow jealousy to go unchecked, or fear to go unchecked, or anger, malice, resentment, any of those things, if we allow them to go unchecked and they remain in our hearts, harmless as they may seem, we may find ourselves opposing God and opposing God's will. It's like that old saying, jealousy is a horse the devil rides. It's absolutely true because when the devil sees that somebody has that stored in their heart, jealousy, anger, fear, any of those seeds of darkness, the devil can use that to turn you against God and try to thwart God's plans here on earth. And I I speak for myself, and I hope I speak for you too. We don't want to become agents of the devil. We don't want to be the ones doing the devil's work opposing God. But the story of Saul also brings a lot of hope because it reminds us that just as there will be adversaries, there will also be friends. There will also be help. You see, as sure as there is a Saul that will crop up in our lives, and there there will be, as long as we are doing God's will, there will be people who oppose us. But as sure as that happens, God will also send help. Life is a spiritual battle. And as long as we are living into God's will, as long as we are living in a way to carry out His plan for us, and to try to usher in His kingdom here on earth, there will be people who pop up and try to get in our way. There will be people who resent us for no reason, but they do. And they will stand as adversaries, and in doing so, they will be opposing God. But just as sure as there are adversaries, there is help. Psalm 121 begins, I lift my eyes to the mountains. From where does my help come? It comes from the Lord. God will always send help. We never are to face the adversaries alone. We don't fight spiritual battles alone. And this is evident all throughout the Scripture. For every, for every Saul, there is a Jonathan. For every Pharaoh that opposes Moses, there was an Aaron to stand by Moses' side. Jesus had His disciples, and even within those twelve, He had three that were particularly close to Him, that He would take deep into the garden to pray with them. That he would take up on the mountain to show him to show them his, his glory, his transfiguration. God brings other people into our lives to help us against those who oppose us. David had Saul opposing him. Saul was also opposing God's will because he was opposing David. But David also had Jonathan, an unlikely friend. As the son of Saul, Jonathan was probably the most unlikely friends. But sometimes unlikely friends are the best kind. One of my best friends 
crunches his eyes, he slaps his leg when he laughs, and he talks louder than any person I know. And all of those things could really aggravate you, but the truth is, he's one of the most genuine people I know, and I would trust him with, with my life. Unlikely friends sometimes can make the best friends because they're the ones that we don't see coming, but God knows. God knows how we need them. God knows that they should be in our lives and what purpose they will serve there. David had Jonathan, the son of Saul, the one who was losing the crown to David. And Jonathan still loved David and still wanted to help him, even when it was his own father that wanted to kill David. And David didn't just have Jonathan, he also had Michal, Saul's daughter, David's wife, who also helped him escape another time. We are in a spiritual battle, but we are not fighting it alone. For every agent of the, de- of the devil that is ruled by fear, by darkness, by jealousy, there are people all around us that are ruled by the fruit of the Spirit. You remember the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. All of these things that are born in us when we are regenerated with Christ. And just as the devil can use all those things like anger and fear and jealousy, God can use all of those things within us, the fruit of the Spirit, to help us become a help for someone else. You know what we call that? Sainthood. Today is All Saints Sunday. And as we remember the people who have had an influence on our lives, who have shaped us, who have helped us, who have helped us and encouraged us as we stood against opponents and adversaries, both seen and unseen, as we remember them, we reflect on their kindness, their love, their joy, their patience. Who is that in your life? Who are the ones that have shaped you? Who are the ones that have shaped your faith? Who have helped you face the adversaries? Who have helped you escape the difficult times? Thank God for those people. Because God sent them. God's help is all around us, even right now. There are fellow soldiers, fellow agents of God, fellow saints. Of course, that supposes that we are soldiers, agents, and saints. Sometimes we get really uncomfortable with the idea of calling ourselves saints. But the truth is, if Jesus Christ is born within us, the fruit of the Spirit can can grow within us, and God can make any one of us a saint. As we reflect on these people who have shaped our lives, as we reflect on the Jonathans that have helped us escape our Saul's, We would do well to go and do likewise, to offer encouragement, to offer love, to offer patience and kindness for others, for those around us, because we are all battling things that may or may not be seen. We are all facing adversaries in our own way, and we could all use a little bit of hope and love and encouragement from each other. Can we be counted on To be God's agent, God's soldier in this world who can offer help and who can offer deliverance to those who are facing opposition. 
I hope that we can. I pray that we can. And I rejoice in the knowledge that no matter who opposes any of us, any of God's children, so long as we are living in His will, He will send help. He will never make us fight these spiritual battles alone. He will never let someone else's rage or jealousy defeat His plan for you. His help surrounds you in ways that we can see and ways that we can't. His angels are all around us, but so are His saints. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, our shield and our defender. Please turn with me in your hymnal, your United Methodist hymnal, to page 12. I want to take this opportunity to remind you that in the United Methodist Church, we have uh, what we call an open table. This is not my table. This is not the church's table. This is God's table. So regardless of membership status, regardless of your denomination or church affiliation, all are welcome at this table. For as the text says, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and in thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.